Hey guys, Lex here, and this would have been PGA Championship week, so how about some appropriately themed trivia? One player has made more than 250 birdies at the PGA Championship since 2000. Can you name him? Hurry up and think, because here's the answer. Phil Mickelson. If you like golf trivia like this, then we've got something for you on Thursday, May 14th at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We are partnering with FanBeat to put on a 10-minute live golf trivia game that you can play on your phone, tablet, or computer. It's the Maverick Majors Trivia Challenge, and prizes on the line include a Maverick driver, Jaws Wedge, Chrome Soft Golf Balls, and more. We did this in April on what would have been Masters Week, and it was a fun way to test your knowledge for a chance to win cool Callaway stuff. So get on this quickly because the game is live Thursday, May 14th at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. And to answer the first question in advance, you can visit fanbeat.com slash Callaway. That's F-A-N-B-E-A-T. Get there right now, fanbeat.com slash Callaway, to be ready for the 10-minute live game happening Thursday, May 14th at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Now, on to our interview with Chloe Gardner. It's time for Girls in Golf Podcast with your favorite hosts, Lex and Sarah. Ladies, when you're ready. Welcome to Girls in Golf, part of the Callaway Podcast Network. I'm Lex, joined by Sarah, and today our guest is way cooler than we are. She won the 2019 <laughs> World Long Drive competition championship however you want to say it um chloe garner welcome to our podcast oh thank you guys so much for having me we i think sarah in particular has been waiting to interview you for like forever so i'm gonna let her start because (laughs) she's super excited yeah so um chloe thanks for joining us um i've been following you for a while and i just i just find you like you're so cool and you're so interesting and different um, especially just cause like long drive itself is such a unique sport and so mm-hmm. different from regular golf. Um, I guess my first question for you is how did you initially get started in long drive? Okay. So I was a, con- I mean, I was conventional golfer to start with. I went to America and did you know, college golf and did that whole thing. So I, my background was in golf. Um, but then as soon as I got done with college I immediately hung up my clubs for like three years I didn't touch a golf club and um, I started competing heavily in CrossFit and during those three years I obviously got quite a bit stronger um, than what I was and uh, during my time in college I was always a bit of a longer hitter just I I don't know why but just kind of actually was so I saw this video on another fellow long driver that he was a crossfitter that's trying to do long drive and it kind of hit this light bulb in my brain. <clears throat> and I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll see, you know, maybe I can do this with my added strength on what I already had. Maybe I've got something. Anyways, at that time, there wasn't really any information out there about long drive and it wasn't on Golf Channel yet or anything like that. So it was still a little bit underground. And I, by chance, happened to land up at a Pro-Am event that was for a long drive tournament, just by complete chance. And I was playing, and a lot of the guys, they were out there in the course, and they were watching me hit. And they said, you got to come meet our coach. And they took me to go meet my now coach, Bobby Peterson, <clears throat> after, after the event. And he basically said to me, you know, you can come up to, to my training facility, and I'll I'll test your swing and I'll tell you if you're fast enough and I'll also tell you if you're not fast enough because then there's no point in wasting your time. So, like, you know, so the next weekend I drove five hours out to the middle of nowhere in Newton Grove, North Carolina, 
absolute middle of nowhere. And um, yeah, and he put me on. We, we worked together for like two nights. I stayed there with him and, and we worked together. And um, yeah, my swing speed at that time was really good. So he was, yeah, he gave me the green light and he said, let's work on it. He actually, you know, he's very like encouraging and, and said that, you know, I had a really good shot at this and, and we should try it. And his, one of the phrases he said to me that kind of stood out was that you don't always choose your sport, your sport chooses you sometimes. So I feel like long drive just kind of fell into my lap of all my different skills. Yeah. What is fast enough for those of us mortal golfers? <laughs> okay, so on the, on the women's side, <clears throat> I would say definitely averaging 110 at your lowest average. I'd say if you're averaging 115, you're going to be competitive. If you are averaging 117 to 120, that's kind of where you are. Your top eight goals are around there. So that's, that's club speed, miles per hour club speed. So anywhere between 120 is like your real bottom of the range, one, I mean 110, and then 120 is your upper range. And then ball speed is around nothing lower than 160. Yeah. Woo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been, yeah. been um you've been involved in in extreme sports for a while now from crossfit to um long drive where do you see your career going from here now that you've won a long drive championship oh that's a great question um no i think obviously the next thing is to become a repeat champion i think that's obviously once you've hit world championship, you've got to now go repeat it, which has been an interesting thing to experience. I always thought, you know, once you hit the top, you've kind of satisfied that desire of accomplishment. But now that I've hit it, it's, oh, no, you've actually got to now raise the bar even higher than what you had. You know, you thought you were at the top, but we've got to go another step higher. So, yeah, so I think um, just going to keep trying to get stronger in terms of my weight training and then keep working on the swing and hopefully get some more titles. <laughs> From nice. your CrossFit experience, what like muscles and training carried over into your long drive game? Um, so the biggest, I would say that the biggest, um, well, yeah, is explosive power. So an explosive power generates from the ground up. So it's basically, and I don't know if, you know, maybe you guys or a lot of listeners or ever have heard of ground force production. We talk about it quite a lot in, in long drive. And ground force production is your ability to drive your body into the ground and produce an upward force. Um, and so when you're doing weightlifting, that's exactly what you're doing is you're driving in, into the ground to create this upward movement of the, of the weight to which you can catch it. And in long drive, we try to do the exact same thing. We want to hit that, that ground force production right at the, at the point of impact where we're fully pressing into that ground to produce force. And so yeah, it's so similar. It's all about hip extension and glutes. And yeah, it's, it's actually amazing how well it transfers over. And then also um, firing of fast twitch muscles. So weightlifting is a very fast, it's a one to two second frame that you're producing maximum output. Long drive is the same. You've got a one to two second frame on your, on your golf swing in which you've got to produce maximum output. So that's all your fast twitch muscle firing there as well. So um, why did you want to get more involved in CrossFit? And do you uh, compete in CrossFit as well? Or is that more of just like a side hobby? Oh, well, no, I did. I, I competed in it quite heavily. Um, in, the, in terms of the CrossFit world, world I, I managed to make it quite a 
quite a decent way. Um, and, uh, but then I, and then I just kind of got burnt out of, out of that. So then, yeah, kind of just transitioned from that into the long drive. But, um, at the moment I, I would say I train almost as heavily as I did when I was competing. Um, but I tried to keep going with both of them. And I think my body just said, you can't do both. You need to pick one or the other. So yeah, unfortunately CrossFit's kind of fallen at the wayside and it's more long drive, but I think um, I'm still quite interested in competing in, in Olympic style weightlifting and I'm still staying pretty active in that. Not right now with lockdown and all of that stuff, but yeah, I hope to maybe achieve in, in that sport as well. So. It's a huge environment change to go from, you know, like playing college golf to competing in long drive. Obviously you're not like playing on a full course. You're like entire, you're hitting on like a grid instead. What was that transition like for you? Um, oh, it's crazy. Oh my goodness. The adrenaline rush on that tee box of long drivers. It's unlike a I mean, like you guys said, I've competed in a lot of different sports and the adrenaline rush that I get on long drives kind of unmatched. Um, and I think, you know, for me as an athlete, that suits me. I'm quite a like hyped, pumped up. I'm sure you've maybe seen that when I compete. Like I really, I like a lot of energy and hype and golf's the exact opposite. We have to stay like very <laughs> chill and mellow and like, you know, the slower you move almost the better, which is very opposite to who I am. So long drive, was such a perfect niche of golf for me because I, I have the ability of golf, um, just not really the mind for it. And that's kind of why I didn't really go pro. And then long drive came in and it was this like you know, beautiful match of hype and athleticism and golf. And yeah, so I think I took to it quite easily and I definitely enjoyed it a lot more than the golf course. <laughs> So I've also noticed that you kind of have a signature look um, on the long drive um, okay. page, if you will. Um, you have yeah. a bucket hat that you like to wear. I wanted to know why, why the bucket hat? <laughs> why not the bucket hat? Um, no, I don't know. I think, um, <laughs> yeah, flip, I do like to just kind of, have somewhat of a unique look that's I seems, seems to just be who I am as a person bucket hats are so unseen in the in the women's golfing world um and yeah it's just such a <laughs> it's like more of a surfer style I guess which is more my style when did you start generating like all of your tattoos I have three and I'm like <laughs> slowly building but what was that? Yeah. What was your first one? And then, like, people say it's, like, kind of addicting once you realize it doesn't hurt that much and you can get all this, like, really cool stuff. What was that for you? Yeah. Um, have you – are you addicted now? Yeah. I actually – I got my first one, like, a few years ago. And my – the guy that did it was, like, I bet you'll be back in six months. And I wasn't. Yeah. And then – but then the next time I went, I got two at the same time. So it was, like – Oh, really? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> No, I know. I think actually the, the, when I went my first time, someone told me that as well. They said, oh, you'll be back. And I was like, no way. It's just this one. But yeah, mm -hmm. anyways, now. Um, yeah, sure. I think I've been collecting tattoos for about 10 years now. Um, and it just started small. And then, yeah, I just grew from there. And then also I kind of got over the fear of, you know, each tattoo has to be this like super significant, symbolic, like 
you know, hardcore meaning. A lot of my tattoos are really just like beautiful pieces of art or I don't know, anything like that. And they, they seem to have grabbed more attention than anything else from people. They, they, grab, they grab a lot of attention, which is, <laughs> which is not what I was expecting. But yeah, we'll see. I've still got more to add. So, yeah. <clears throat> if you were going to try another extreme sport, what do you think it would be? Like a water sport or, I mean, that's only, or yeah. like motocross? <laughs> no, I'm, my other love is surfing. I love surfing. Um, and I've only kind of just recently started it because I was living in Tennessee where there's no ocean. So, but um, yeah, so for the last about year and a half, I've been surfing quite adamantly and that's kind of catch me quite hard. So if I could do any other sport, that would definitely be where, where I'd go for sure. Are you doing any surfing right now? You're, you're in South Africa, correct? I am, but we are on like, a, we are actually on a very, very strict lockdown right now. Like one of the stricter ones that's going around. Um, we haven't, we can't access beaches. We can't access, we've only just recently been allowed to exercise for like a certain portion of the day that you can leave your house and exercise. So we've been, and I think we're on like day 46 now that we've been like this. So we've unfortunately not craving a surf very badly. That's and no golf either for all of this. All our golf courses are shut. Everything's, everything's closed. So we've been, yeah, I'm itching. You can imagine all this energy cooped up. So I'm itching to get out. <laughs> what, have you yeah, what are you doing? The time? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Finding activities. The one day I, did, I thought of doing a, a trick shot, trying to get a trick shot film for Instagram. But then I almost hit a window. So then I had to stop that. Um, but otherwise, yeah, just finding workouts to do and lots of gardening and home repairs. And I live with, I have four other high school friends that live on this property with me. So we are, luckily have a bit of a community going. Did you just say gardening? Yeah. <laughs> what, are you, what are you planting? I personally, I cannot keep a plant alive to save my life. I can't keep <laughs> fish alive. I can keep dogs. I got dogs down. But like, what, what are you planting? plants lots of plants I got, yeah i've got a, a bit of a garden going outside but yeah i don't know can i tell you when i was in america i couldn't seem to grow anything either but as soon as i've come back to south africa it seems to be growing again so i don't know if it's a <laughs> i don't know if that's an environment the thing maybe but yeah no gardening is um is a big passion of mine so yeah what did prompt your move back home Sure. Um, uh, I think in essence, homesickness would kind of sum it up, but I, I did just, yeah, I kind of lost, felt like I was losing my roots and who I was and a big part of who I am and who you see now is South Africa and the culture of South Africa and the people of South Africa. And I just felt like all of that was, yeah, just kind of leaving me and it left me in a very confusing place with who I was and all of that. And <clears throat> it was a, I had to make quite a tough decision to move back here because it was a lot I had to leave behind in America. But yeah, ultimately, at the end of the day, it was definitely the best decision for me. So, yeah. Do you miss your American friends? And is it nice to see everyone that you were also friends with in South Africa now? Yeah, oh, yeah I definitely miss my American friends for sure. They, they were very much... I didn't have any family in America, so my friends were my family. Um, 
But going back to South Africa and just, yeah, seeing all my old high school friends, it was like, I've, you know, never left them and it just felt like home again immediately. So, yeah, it's been really nice to come back and see them. And we're all 10 years older now, so see what everyone's doing with their lives and everything. So are your <laughs> friends... Go ahead, Lex. Go ahead, Sarah. No, go for it. Okay. I was just going to say, are, are your friends into golf too? Or what's the kind of the vibe out in South Africa? What do, what do people like to do? Um, yeah, we're quite, a, we're quite a big golfing country, golfing nation. We've got lots of golf courses. Um, but and surprising, I was quite surprised to come back and find quite a lot of my friends were playing now, mostly like my guy friends. <clears throat> um, and I have one of the guys that I live on the property with, he's we call each other golf husband and golf wife and we are a team and we're quite formidable out there and <laughs> on our local course. So, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good golf culture here. And, and when I get out with my mates, it's yeah, a good group of people. So, <laughs> Would you say that your like normal golf game now is in a better place than it was when you were in college or just different? Yeah, yeah, different. Because I don't, I mean, I don't practice my irons and anything anymore, but long drive has definitely instilled this confidence in me I never thought of before on the golf course. Um, and also, yeah, just, just seeing your ability to what happens when you do swing 100%. Because we always taught in golf, you know, swing 80%, really swing smooth. Um, and when I switched to long drive, one of the things my coach told me was, is that you have to get out of the mindset of swinging 80% comfortably, a comfortable swing speed to swinging 100, 110%. Um, and so then once I kind of broke through that, to see that then go into the rest of my game has been really interesting, this ability to just swing at the ball. And yeah, um, I think my body naturally <clears throat> puts itself in the correct positions when I just just let it really swing as hard as it can at the ball. Yeah. Is there anyone that you've kind of looked up to on your, um, I guess, on your transition to long drive? Um, yeah, uh, Phyllis. <laughs> Phyllis Metzi, my arch rival. <laughs> my arch rival, but good friend. Um, yeah, I've, I've honestly actually just looked up to her a lot. And when I train, like I'm, um, she's often kind of like in my vision and, um, yeah. And then I think, I really think Phyllis has just kind of like captured me in long drive. I think she's quite amazing at what she does and, and her mental game and, and her man and who she is and her sportsmanship, like we all saw and all of that. So yeah, she's really been the one that I've looked up to and it's, um, been an interesting one and I always try to explain to people that and this was something that I heard from a professional surfer and he was saying that it's almost the more you idolize or the more you respect someone the more you want to beat them because they're setting this this standard that you respect and because of that that's also the standard that you want to be at or be better than so yeah I respect Phyllis immensely but I, and because of that I also really want to be better than her so yeah <laughs> What's the difference in the long drive community, like in comparison to other sports, right? It might be more like, you know, like a Formula One or something because you have less competitors, right, at that top level. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so you really get to know your competitors really well. I mean, we're all very close. Um, 
Yeah, the community, it's, it's great. And I don't know if it is because it's where it's a new sport and we're kind of all working together to grow the sport and we want to see the success of the sport and we want to see the su- success of each other in the sport because it will all help one another. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, we really are very close. What you see on camera is obviously us wanting to beat each other. But I mean, like at World Champs this year, just before, um, just before quarterfinals, so it was me, Phyllis, Troy and Alexis. And we were all standing there under the stage waiting to go on. And then, you know, like amongst ourselves, like we were, you know, dollar bet for who hits the longest drive. And like we're doing like, you know, like everyone put their hands in and like cheer. And that's what was going on behind the scenes. We were, were, you know, best buddies. But then as soon as we get on stage, it's it's game face. So, yeah, I think it's a great balance, to be honest. So that's another unique thing about long drive is you compete on the same stage as the men, men and women are together, whereas golf, they're separate. Do you feel that's more beneficial and, and how is that kind of different for you? Sure. Um, yeah, I do think, it, yeah, I definitely think it's more beneficial. Um, obviously because then just overall viewership that's coming in for the night is going to be increased. I assume if it was just women hitting our, our viewership would probably be a little bit less but having the guys there then we already have you know those viewers coming in um and I think it's been nice and the guys are also we're all as close with the guys as we are with with our female competitors it's all just but when one big family whether it's guys or girls and I think the guys are really good at supporting us as well um some of the guys are coaches for some of the girls so they're also you know working together like that um so I think it's been a really beautiful yeah, combination of, of male and female in, in the sport. I, I think it will keep growing like that. I think it's been really great. And CrossFit's you know, a similar sport like that as well. We have the men and the women on, on an equal plane. So, yeah, it's been really great to be a part of that. Do you guys do anything um, with like a junior group or how do you – how do you reach out to the younger audience to get them involved and to help Long Drive grow? Yeah, so that's been a, a big focus of ours this or well, last year. We had a lot of um, players meetings last year to chat about, you know, how to grow the sports, and that was something that we that we chatted about. And I, to be honest, I don't think I don't know what the solution was to that, but I think there was the proposal of, you know, we need to start working with with younger kids as well, not just focusing on people that are already of the age to hit long drive. But I think I think right now that is the main focus is just to build the current field of long drive competitors. And then once we've built that field, then we can start looking at focusing attention on building a younger field of competitors as well. Um, but yeah, hopefully it, it does all come into play. What do you think has been the biggest like jump that you guys have made in terms of growth? Is it the television? Is it just people hearing about it? Yeah, I think, yeah, the television has been huge because um, uh, the social media side of it, I personally don't think has been very good at all, um, but I don't, uh, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but I don't, I, you know, there's not much happening there. But yeah, the TV has been huge. To get on a big TV network like NBC Golf Channel is, is massive. So yeah, I think it's just really been make or break right now to see whether the input of Golf Channel is going to accelerate the growth of long drive or not. But yeah, it's been good. And then for those who don't know, can you describe like what's happening with your season now after this weird start to the year? 
<laughs> ah, it's the worst. Hey, I did not expect this going into 2020. Um, yeah, so our tour, well, so all our tour events and qualifying events were cancelled. Um, and right now we are still on to have the final World Championship event, just the finals, um, in September. So, um, and that's, I, I don't, yeah, I think that will go through, but that's all that, that we have going on right now. I think, um, yeah, Athlons, which is a big, prominent um, name in Long Drive, the shoe company, they have created some kind of virtual Long Drive event that they've got going around. I think people are trying to engage in that sense just to keep, you know, the word of Long Drive still moving around. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I think we're just sitting and, and waiting. If you're looking ahead to September, how are you going to prepare for that? Like both mentally and physically, right? If you haven't been mm -hmm. out playing, um, what do you think you're going to do? Yeah, I think the first thing is um, <laughs> I told myself not to panic. Um, that's, yeah, it's not ideal. So I think my training is not going to be ideal now. My strength training in terms of where I peak and all of that is going to all be off. So it's, I think just at the end of the day, all I can do is work as hard as I can with the time that I have. And then, you know, hopefully that's enough. And if it's not, it's not, but there's to get in a panic about, you know, I don't have as much time as I normally have. I'm not as prepared as I normally am. And I haven't had as many much practice. You know, normally we get all the tour events to practice being on, get the feel of being on stage and all that. Now it will be event one on the big stage. And it's quite a shock to the system. Um, so, yeah, so I think just just knowing that it's okay to accept the what's been out of all the uncontrollables, which has been obviously corona and and the lack of practice and just focus on what I can control and that's to continue being healthy and my diet, train what I can at home. I've got a few weights here that I'm trying to train with here and there. Motivation's minimal, but it's coming back. And... Um, yeah, and then as soon as golf courses open, then I'm just going to go get as many reps in with my driver as I can. Yeah, and then, I mean, and then after that, I really, mental games are honestly the biggest one for me as well. So I think just months, well, taking those few months to just mentally prepare, accepting like all those things that I just said. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's all I can do really. <laughs> Well, we're definitely glad that you're healthy and we're so thankful that you took this time for us. We're going to be, you know, watching and waiting. Maybe we'll check in with you, you know, before September um, and just, you know, stay cool out there. And thanks for joining <laughs> us today. Yeah, oh, thank you guys so much. That was awesome. You can catch all of our episodes of Girls in Golf on CallawayGolf.com, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your pods. Um, we will be featuring Olivia Herrick next week. She was a graphic designer who worked on our master's head covers a couple years ago. Super popular. Um, and, you know, we just had Mother's Day, but Father's Day is going to be here before we know it. So if your dad or whoever in your life likes Travis Matthew, they're actually rolling out TM Rewards, a free loyalty program designed to give you perks just for shopping at Travis Matthew. The second you join, you'll immediately get free shipping and returns on every purchase. And that's what we call winning before the race even starts. Wondering how it works? Well, for every dollar spent at Travis Matthew, you earn five rewards points. So when you spend $100, you'll receive $5 in points towards your next purchase. It's like free money. 
As you begin stockpile points, you'll unlock first access passes to new products and VIP sales, exclusive offers, and free gifts. We don't want to spoil anything, but the more points you stockpile, the greater the perk. So what are you waiting for? Go to TravisMatthews.com and sign up today.